0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 5 Things to Watch.
1: Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network, getting you ready for an AFC
2: Divisional Round matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. You're hear from a variety of, of voices here on KC Sports Network, giving you one thing each to watch for this game. And we are here, the uh, KC Laboratory guys, as we always kick this thing off. Matthew Lane, Craig Stouts. I am, Matthew, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. I'm getting. I'm getting the juices flowing a little bit. I'm ready to roll, man. Me too. Um,
1: I unfortunately, on the Casey Laboratory, may have picked the Bills to win this game. I am sorry, no. everybody. I am sorry. I am sorry that I did this. She, I am sorry. I would like to redact my prediction. Um, I will take the Chiefs to win it 28 to 26 now. I'm going to
3: try it. No. But, uh, I have changed. How are you doing? You don't get to walk they don't Don't monopolize five things by walking this back. You're in the face of a coward. Anyways, Craig? I'm good.
4: <laughs>
5: Is because I changed my prediction?
3: Yes.
2: Yeah, we're all... Yeah. i This isn't great. It's okay. We're all in red. Hopefully the juju's not bad after that. But we're going to talk about how the Chiefs can attack in the passing game. And there seems like to uh, an area of the field that we believe the Chiefs should be able to exploit, Matthew.
1: Yeah, I... We saw it last week in the wild card round against the Miami Dolphins, right? The Chiefs threw a lot of passes over the middle of the field. And it made sense given the Dolphins injuries. Well, the Bills are also dealing with a lot of injuries to their linebacker room. Potentially their nickel cornerback. And Teron Johnson might be missing the game. So it's another unit that's already going to be light on players no matter what. It could be exceptionally light, which means communication is going to be a little different. You're expecting a step down in play. So what does that mean? Well, hey, Travis Kelsey, go win over the middle of the field. I wonder if you're used to doing that in your career. Or here's the big one, and this is where it really jumped off, is Rasheed Rice was a monster over the middle of the field. We're doing it again. We did it last week, not for five things, but the whiteboard's back. This is a play that Rasheed Rice caught twice. Coming off right here on the dig, right underneath a deep cross from McCole Hardman. They clear it out. They challenge all of these defenders to pass off these two routes. They hit Rice here. Do you know what both these plays went for when they hit him on this dig? A 39 and a 40-yarder. That's a lot of yards on the same play right over the middle of the field. I would look for the Chiefs to try to do something very similar to the Bills, just flood the middle of this field with crossers, digs, deep overs, and just challenge those safeties and linebackers
3: to keep up rep after rep. The last time these two teams played, the, the Chiefs still charted the immediate areas of the field because that's yeah. where their functional pass catchers are, but it wasn't with the same effect, and we saw them try to go downfield a little bit more. Patrick Mahomes threw a lot more, basically 20 yards down the field, trying to throw a uh, right about that mark, rather than trying to clear some of this out, creating some of those levels concepts that are really stressing linebackers. And that was before they got to play some backups for Buffalo. They are very depleted at the linebacker position this week. It remains to be seen who all is going to be available, but they're going to have to call some guys up to the active roster. There's going to be a lot of guys that have not played very many snaps that are going to have to pass some of those deep overs, some of those drag routes, some of those crossing routes off between multiple different zones and communicate that appropriately. Now, the Chiefs line up and do that same play multiple times? Yeah, it's going to make things easy on them, but Andy Reid's not like that. Andy Reid's going to spend this entire first 15 this week setting up these linebackers to be wrong. For the next two quarters or until the buffalo bills make an adjustment fully expect them to still continue to target the intermediate areas of the field try and create situations maybe you know a, a mesh sit route where you've got the linebackers pulled multiple different ways and a sit route in the middle of the field for travis kelsey where he can turn and get upfield. we've got multiple different ways to get rasheed rice the ball in his hands with drag routes things like that against this second level the focus is going to be placed and the spotlight is going to be placed by Andy Reid on these linebackers. And rightfully so it's what they did against Miami dolphins last week. I fully expect a full commitment to that this week against the Buffalo bills. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I expect the, the gamut to be run on
2: the, on this linebacker group, because, you know, I think they'll try to stretch them horizontally with, you know, some of the manufactured stuff on a, you know, some jets. I think they'll try to get some screens out there to force these linebackers to pursue, you because know, they're gonna, their heads are gonna be, you know, spinning. You know, I, I talked about last week. Maybe this is this is an opportunity for your your double double swing wide middle screen type play where you're just really you're just playing with guys that are thinking, you know, and, and reacting and trying to react as best as they can. I I trust this team to be able to find opportunities in the middle of the field for their best players, and I think when it came down to it and this team needed it, you saw them start to do that last week. And Rasheed Rice had a fantastic day and he was catching balls over the middle of the field, wide open, which we really haven't got to see as much of him doing this season. And so I do I do feel like this team is going to be exploitable in the middle of the field. I think, you know, I think you can find opportunities for your two best players to eat. And yeah, I, I, I think... The Chiefs have a lot of ways to be able to really stress these linebackers, both just in your traditional passing game in the middle of the field. But I just think, period, with the screens and and all the different things they do and the ways in which they do it, I think they can put a lot of stress on on that middle middle level of the defense.
1: 100% and like that's this is where Andy Reid gets to go deep into you know a lot of his playbook that he has utilized his entire coaching career a lot of these West Coast principles are going to base around it and then now you sprinkle in adding that third level the real vertical stretch because you have a quarterback who not only can throw just like go routes with touch but can throw the ball 20 yards on the line on corners or these deep overs deep comebacks and stuff like that so it opens up everything for the Chiefs and they really start spreading it around there. Rasul Douglas, for the for the Bills, sounds like he's going to be back. He's clearly kind of, I think, their best cover man at this point in time. If he's out there, he's probably going to be playing mostly on the outside. And not that he's good enough that you avoid him, but you're not having to run into him as much thrown over the middle of the field. So you challenge these backups and man coverage, or you challenge their communication and zone coverage over the middle. You let Patrick Mahomes throw the ball to that area. He gets to dictate the windows and what he's trying to do, and you kind of force the Bills to come down and stop it which will then open up the run game or open up the deep shots over the top. Like this is the very clear path I think to the Chiefs offense looking as good as it did between the 20s against the Miami Dolphins is to really find success throwing the ball over the middle of the field, challenging this challenging this weak area weaker area of the Bills defense here and like let Mahomes find that confidence again cuz he needs to play at that same level he did against Miami for them to win this game and I think this is the best way to get him there.
3: And When the Buffalo Bills make the adjustments, which they will, they've got good safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, they're not the most fleet of foot. And so now all of a sudden when they're having to crash a little bit where they're seeing some of that eye candy flutter in front of them, a McCall Hardman over the top on a deep over makes a ton of sense to try and hit that as a vertical shot, especially if you've got a guy like Kyrie Elam that's trying to keep up with them who has gotten dusted off repeatedly this season when he's been on the active roster. So there are advantageous looks that the Chiefs can manipulate just simply by setting up this linebacking course, setting up that middle to intermediate areas of the field and trying to make the Buffalo defense come out and defend the way that they need to. Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice could open some things up all of a sudden for some of the stuff over the top. And then... They got to pick their poison on what they really want to get beat by, and so I think Andy Reid's going to continue to manipulate that, continue to really lean on the concepts that he has gotten them here, and lean on what he did against the Miami Dolphins. Other than the
2: touchdown that got called back with Kadarius Tony lining up in the Bills' backfield, um, the Chiefs' longest longest completion in against the Bills last time around was a 23 yarder to Travis Kelsey. That ball was 23 air yards, but it was a scramble on a third and 18 back into the middle of the field, throwing it up kind of like a prayer. It wasn't really in-design play. So, you know, if they can open things up in the middle and that opens up everything else, if they're able to kind of be able to challenge all three levels of the field and get things going at all three levels of the field, good things could happen. This team only scored 17 points, and obviously they had a really bad turnover of an interception by, you know, A.J. Epinesa while they were driving on that first possession. And we know what happens uh, at the end of the game too, but uh, yeah, I think a, a more complete passing game. I think it starts with attacking the middle of the field. Let's go to Sean Barber. Barber Shop's going to tell you a little bit about the guy Patrick Mahomes will be facing on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the, the ball.
4: All right, how you doing, man? This is Sean Barber from the Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces, man. My one thing to watch this game. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to play the Buffalo Bills and it's playoff football. And we know when playoff football comes, man, that's the time for stars to shine. But there's one star out there in Buffalo. His name is Josh Allen. And that is one star we cannot allow to shine. When the game gets tough, when it's must-win situations, when they must convert on any drive, count on Josh Allen to put the ball in his, in his hand and try to keep it in his hand. Using his legs to move the chain more than using his arms. Yes, he's a big arm, big cannon. He can make all the throws. Uh, Coming out of the University of Wyoming, um, the one thing, man, I've I've done a deep dive into Josh Allen, and I think that what I've seen is somebody who does not actually love competition. I think he loves what comes along with competition. I think he loves what comes along with being uh, one of the greater quarterbacks, one of the uh, top-tier quarterbacks, having the ball in his hands. But I think when you really boil it down and it's time to compete at the highest level versus other great quarterbacks such as Patrick Mahomes, I think that he fears that. I think that there is a fear that lies deep down in his heart when it comes to the greats and battling against the greats. And I reference that because I looked back at the 2017 draft class. Yes, he was drafted in 2018, but he was eligible to come out in 17. And when I look at all the quarterbacks that could have came out, he would have been listed somewhere within 15 to 20. So he went back to school, had a good year, 2017, came out in the 18 draft and ended up being the uh, number seven pick to the Buffalo Bills. Which even in that 18 draft, if you ask me, Buffalo chose the wrong guy because they could have got, yes, you know it, Lamar Jackson, who actually went to the Ravens at 32. So when you ask me, when it comes down to it, What do the Chiefs need to do and be prepared for? Be prepared for Josh Allen, Josh Allen to be exactly who he is. He's trying to be a bigger star than he is, trying to make more plays than he can make. When it comes down to the red zone and he needs to make a play, he's going to put the ball in his hands and try to do way too much. He's turnover, turnover, turnover in the red zone, and that's going to cost the Bills there their opportunity to win the game. So my one thing to watch is Josh Allen, number 17 for the Buffalo bills in crunch time. Does he shine like a star or does he fade away like a shooting star? I think it's gonna be the latter. So I'm hoping my chiefs go win. Let's go beat those Buffalo bills and that's it. I'm Sean Barber from the process. That's my thing to watch.
2: Thanks to our guy, Sean Barber talking about Josh Allen. Obviously, that's going to be a big impact in this game is Mahomes versus Allen. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this.
0: We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com.
6: With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your New Year's resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like, delivered right to your doorstep. Make saving time your breeziest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. Just choose your meals and select your delivery date. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping, so all you'll have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get cooking. HelloFresh can make cooking with your family fun, easy, and simple. Go to hellofresh.com slash KCSNFREE and use code KCSNFREE for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree with code KCSNFree.
7: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
0: Now let's get back to the
2: show. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network. Again, getting you ready for this AFC Divisional Round game. Win or go home. And now, let's hear from our guys at Outside the Trenches. Tucker D. Franklin, Nick Lecky, talking about the trenches.
9: Two-thirds of Outside the Trenches here with you on five things, giving you our thing to know. And, of course, it's the trenches, Nick. Let's start when the Kansas City Chiefs, have the football. They made a change in the offensive line not because of performance or anything, because of health reasons. Wanya Morris out last game with concussion. Donovan Smith does come back from the injury but uh, he had he sustained for weeks that Wanya Morris filled in for him. He comes in and plays pretty well. Looks like Wanya Morris is pacing to play. I shouldn't say to play, to be available for the game. Still expect Donovan Smith to come in, uh, but as you and I were talking about a little bit different of a test for uh, Donovan Smith than maybe the Miami Dolphins brought.
10: Yeah, I, I think that Greg Rousseau coming off the edge for for Buffalo, it, that's going to be a one to one to watch for sure matchup. He's big, tall, lean, lean linebacker, I mean, like two two seventy, but he plays just fantastic, and and he can get after. He's got some vicious spin moves. Uh, I remember him doing a couple guys dirty during the year on some spin moves, and it's it's. Solid. He's got a helicopter and, and he'll chop you with them rotors with his arms. Um, and then to me, also uh, a guy guy to look out for too is Daquan Jones uh versus Trey Smith. I, I think that interior man, he is an absolute load. Load six four three twenty. And it's like, man, that guy is just so him versus Trey Smith be like two big old grizzly bears battling in the uh in the Canadian wilderness. And I'm going to love to see it. It's like National Geographic animal documentary, them in the snow, just battling
9: for survival. It's going to be a brilliant one to match, match up to watch. If no one has done that before by putting like O-line play in like slow motion with like National Geographic sounds in the background music underneath, yes. that needs to happen. Especially in a game like this where there's going to be a ton of snow. The weather's going to be there. You know, you're going to see the red skin from the offensive linemen. You're going to see the goosebumps and everything. That would be... Oh. Nature in its finest. That's what I need to see. Call up Nat Geo. Call up Nat Geo. Somebody's got to send this clip to National Geographic so we can get that out there. Uh, But you mentioned, I mean, Daquan Jones has been playing really well on the inside. Trey Smith... Joe Tooney coming off a really good game neutralizing Christian Wilkins, and, and I think that and and we talked about this already. The Dolphins' test is not going to be the same test that uh, that the Bills are going to bring. The Bills have a better front. I think the Bills are weaker on the linebacker part of things than they are on than the than what the uh, Dolphins are. But it's going to be an interesting test to see. I, I think they're probably going to run the ball still a lot. I mean, they were close to 50-50 against the uh, Miami Dolphins. Play calling pro or the, the time in the distance into the game where uh, the Chiefs were ahead by so much that they just probably should have ran the ball. You know, that that goes into that a whole lot. But they've been pretty successful running football uh, when they get the ball in Isaiah Pacheco's hands. Cold weather game, too, could play a whole lot into it. You know those guys in the offensive line, again, we talked about with, Uh, with the pass rushers don't like to rush the passer on a sheet of ice. This field is a turf field. It's a synthetic turf field. So it could be a little tough when it's snowing all week long. And it it doesn't look like the forecast right now will have snow, but that's going to be tough for pass rushers, Nick, when when there's been snow on there the whole week, to then go out there and rush the passer at a high level. You know, it snowed. It snowed all last week, and
10: that thing looked like it was a a late October game. That was bizarre. It was bizarre. Like, I'm like... What happened to all the social media footage of them, you know, snow everywhere? And it's like, there was no snow to be had. Yeah.
9: Something fishy fishy's going on up there, I think. Yeah. I think something's going on up there. But I like where the Chiefs are in the position to get Wanya Morris back, have that guy that you doubt then have a swing tackle that you feel pretty comfortable going in if something does happen to either one of the tackles. I do think Juwan Taylor played a pretty good game outside of the two penalties that he did have. He's starting, you know, it's going to be one of the things always is he's got these penalties, but he's been starting to play better. Uh, Nick, anything on that side of the ball before we flip to uh, the, the Bills side of the football? The the Chiefs were not tested. That was not
10: a good defensive front. Wilkins was was your guy, and that's it. So this is going to be the game where we're going to see, like, like, this could determine contracts uh, for these two tackles mm-hmm. who just got made. And it's like, man, you really have to perform in a playoff situation. Like like he did uh, versus uh, Kansas City last year in the playoffs with uh, Jawan Taylor, right? You got to perform. You have to perform. And if you can't do it, if we got to put chip up on you all game, you're not worth what your contract
9: says you're worth. Yeah, hundred percent. And the Buffalo Bills bring a good offensive line into uh, this game, an offensive line that's been pretty healthy all year. Sometimes outside of the, and when we look at these Chiefs and and Bills matchups historically, the Bills have taken some offensive line injuries into this. This one, they come into pretty healthy with some guys that may have been playing some really good seasons. Obviously, Mitch Morse is that dude. He played for Kansas City for a while, so you know he's a top center. Uh, But Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, Osiris Torrance, and Connor McGovern, man, those are some dudes up front for the Buffalo Bills on the offensive line.
10: Yeah. And, and they, they play with an attitude. I think Mitch, Mitch leads those guys. Well, you know, he's a great center where he can, he can ISO. And he's had that work with Chris Jones and practice. So he knows he's got a feel for him, right? He's got a feel for some of these defense lobby for the chiefs and Deion Dawkins is, you know, he's left tackle number two behind the great Trent Williams. And, And that's, I mean, and he plays physical, he plays nasty. I, I love the way Deion Dawkins plays at left tackle for the Bills. It's just, he is fun to watch. Like, this is, I, I don't like how this is such a rivalry and what Josh Allen, it, it can be, you know, with the fake slide and all this nonsense, It kind of a diva. Um, this offense line is fun to watch because they play aggressive. They'll run right right at you, and they're
9: smart. And they're just smart offensive lines. Will coach offensive line. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the guys that they got on that offensive line too. Hard not to like Mitch Morris University of Missouri guy. So right. uh, out of Texas too. Awesome. Oh yeah. That they had that they had that Texas uh Mizzou pipeline there for a little bit, yeah. especially in Dallas. The Dallas area to Mizzou was big for those Gary Pinkle years. They're starting to get it back, I think. I think they're starting to get the pipeline back, but there's NIL everything. You didn't tune into this podcast for that conversation. Uh but I would do want to talk about a couple of guys on the Chiefs defensive line that um Maybe one guy they could be without, and that's Derek Naughty. He left the game against the Miami Dolphins with what was called an elbow injury. It's now called a tricep injury, and in the injury report. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, I would be surprised if he is out there. He's probably declared out by the time you're watching this podcast. Uh, they've got a lot of guys on the on the defensive line that have have stepped up. Mike Penella, I think, played really well. Uh, Charles Minihew's played really well this season as well. Uh, Nick, but what are your thoughts on the Chiefs' uh, defensive line, defensive front against uh, this this Bills' really good offensive line that we established? You, I think Omenhu
10: matches up well with most of this offensive line for the Bills. He's a big, tall body. He gets after. it. He's got some moves. He plays plays on the inside, plays on the outside. You know, he can rush past. He can, he can he can swat the ball down. He he's your X factor, and and I, I think I like the way that I think Carl Loftus is going to have another big game. I think he's kind of coming into his own as well. He's kind of gotten that that young buck, sort of, uh, you know. He's he shed his, his antlers and he's grown new, bigger antlers, and he just he looks good. He looks like he's got confidence in his moves. And he knows what he can do, and you know we don't have to mention Chris Jones, but yeah. it's going to be up to him to to do it to it. And I like what Willie Gay said, where he this might be his last his last time, you know, with the Chiefs. So I love that sort of uh, galvanizing. Let, let's let's rally the troops together and let's win for Willie because he's going to be gone next year and so he's going to be playing with the fire because guess who's trying to get paid next year that guy and you know what's what's even more hardcore than a D line in a contract here is a linebacker in a contract here in a playoff run
9: yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see uh, the Chiefs defense go up again a full strength Chiefs defense really when you look at it outside of Brian Cook who has been on injured reserve for a couple of weeks. They're pretty close to full strength. The last time these two teams played, Nick Bolton, his first game back from his uh, wrist injury, was a little timid in there, right? You got a wrist injury, Tim, coming back, it takes a little bit. Drew Tranquil was not playing in this game. So the Chiefs are going to have Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton appearingly at full strength. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting. Nick, I have a stat to leave you with. Yes. Chris Jones george carloftis have the same amount of career postseason sacks in two and a half that's because our boy frank was getting all them postseason sacks (laughs) that is exactly why (laughs) because frank was eating those suckers up the dude's like third all time in postseason sacks (laughs) Uh, listen if he was to hop on if he was to hop aboard to come on and and get a little Uh get a couple more be right up there with reggie white uh listen come on come on aboard but uh that's our one thing to watch here at Outside the Trenches. Appreciate you guys watching all season long. And make sure you catch the podcast with us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Nick lucky myself, and Big B, Brian Hanley, hanging out, giving you everything you need to know all around the league. So that's going to do it for us. Let's go ahead and send it back for more five things.
2: Thank you to our Outside the Trenches fellas. Always great hearing from them. Now – Let's go to the president, founder, CEO, whatever you want to call him, of KC Sports Network. BJ Kissel wants to talk about turnovers.
0: Thanks, Kent. Yeah, my analysis and my thing to watch in this game, it's not next-level analysis. Any pregame show that's made, any platform you go to, they're going to talk about turnovers. And it is going to be the difference in this game, in my opinion. You look at the last four games the Chiefs and Bills have played against each other. Buffalo has won three Of those four games and all three of those games they've won, they won the turnover battle and the one game that the chiefs won, they won the turnover battle. So we could talk about matchups. We can talk about all these different things. It's going to come down to taking care of the football, something uh, that the chiefs haven't been great at this year for being honest. They finished the season tied for 28th in the NFL with a negative 11 turnover differential. Whereas you look at Buffalo for all that's made of Josh Allen, making mistakes and prone to make uh, the try to fit balls in there or Uh, just making just errant throws, which we saw early in the year. Um, The Buffalo still plus two in the turnover ratio uh, over the course of the season. So again, you look at the chiefs and what they have offensively and what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes since that week 14 game against the Buffalo Bills. Rasheed Rice has been the leading receiver in every game that he's played. Only game that he wasn't was that week 18 game against the Chargers in which he and some other starters sat, but I think Patrick Mahomes has matured in this season knowing that he can lean on the defense, doesn't have to force some of those passes. We've heard it from Matt Nagy. We've heard it from Andy Reid. Complimentary football. It's not about putting up stats. It's about winning the football game. Chiefs defense is one of the two best defenses in the NFL and have been throughout the entire regular season. It's about leaning on that defense, making an opposing offense, making Josh Allen go the length of the field against that defense. We saw it in the week 14 matchup. Uh, outside of Kadarius Toney lining up offsides, that kind of kept us from having one of the all-time great highlights in not just Chiefs history, but NFL history with Travis Kelsey lateraling that ball to Kadarius Tony. But again, one other big thing about going into this game as it relates to turnovers and leaning on the running game is that the Chiefs get Isaiah Pacheco back. He did not play in the Week 14 matchup against the Buffalo Bills, so hopefully that alleviates some of that pressure on Patrick Mahomes to have to make too many plays. And again, lean on the defense. Now on the opposite side, there are reasons to believe this could set up to be a situation which Josh Allen, uh, who again has been turnover prone at different points in his career. He's been really good lately. It's a reason the Bills have won six in a row. But this is a legacy game for Josh Allen. This is a game that if Patrick Mahomes loses this game, they're still the Chiefs are still in the middle of the, the greatest stretch they've had. He still won two Super Bowls in what, four years. But for Josh Allen, for the Bills to lose to the Chiefs in the playoffs for the third time in four years, this time being at home compared to all the other games being at Arrowhead. There's a lot riding on this game for Josh Allen to prove that they're not just a rivalry of somebody that the Chiefs can go beat in the playoffs and kind of be that second tier team to the Chiefs when it comes to the things that matter, which is advancing in the playoffs and winning Super Bowls. It's set up for an all-timer for Josh Allen um, to potentially make some mistakes and try to do too much because, again, that's kind of been the name of the game. We know every time he steps foot on the football field, he's trying to prove that he's the alpha. He's the biggest, baddest dude out on the field. And again, when you have the Chiefs offense, if they can start hot, if the Chiefs offense can look good early in this game and make Josh Allen feel like, man, I've got to put up 24 to 30 points to win this football game. I think that's a good situation for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's going to lead to hopefully the defense, as good as they've been, haven't taken the football away a lot. They're takeaways the bottom half of the nfl during the regular season so if the chiefs win the turnover battle i believe they'll win this football game i believe that patrick mahomes will not turn the ball over that much a they get isaiah pacheco back b i think patrick mahomes knows what they have in the chiefs defense right now and on the flip side i think josh allen knows that this game is going to be determined by how well he plays for buffalo if josh allen plays his absolute best football game it's going to be a coin flip at best he is one of the guys that can just completely take over a game I think that the moment may get to him and that not it's going to be too big for him, but he's going to try to try to do too much, which could set up the Chiefs to some hopefully some short fields, some easy points, which leads to even more mistakes from Josh Allen. But uh, it's going to be a battle. But again, to simplify things, Chiefs win the turnover battle. They win the game, Kent.
2: Thanks, BJ. And let's get weird with our guys at Only Weird Games. They're going to talk about how this Chief fence can stop the run.
8: Hey, it's Joshua Briscoe and Seth Kaiser with you from Only Weird Games for our fee to the game. One of the things that you should know and be thinking about heading into the divisional round game between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Seth, what's your uh, what's your one to watch here? What are you going to keep an eye on as this game unfolds? I'm I'm sticking with the basics here,
5: and sometimes things are basic because they are absolutely correct. You know, keep your hands at ten and two when you're steering a car. Make sure that you, when you're shoveling snow, you don't put it in a spot that you're going to be reshoveling. These are basic things, but they're basic because they matter. And so the thing for me, Bills rushing attack, including Josh Allen, first time the Chiefs played the Bills, they had some real problems with Cook. They 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 got targeted a few times, found themselves out of position a few times. Um, Nick Bolton was just coming back in and healthy, but his usage as a runner in particular, one of the things they did well against the Dolphins. They did not let the run game get going. And no, you don't need to run to set up the pass. However, it makes it a lot harder to stop the pass if you can't stop the run. And those are two kind of, it's weird how both those things can be true, but they 100% can be. And if the Chiefs allow the Bills to to grind all over them in terms of uh, moving the ball down the field.
8: Mm. Yeah, what happens if that happens? <laughs> I think this might be the first time Seth has blown a tire in five things. It happens all the time in weird games, but you did that to yourself. I mean, you steered into some nails there. I'm I'm MJD's broadcast partner.
5: I just can't even help myself. Apparently, if the Chiefs allow the Bills to grind out a lot of hard yards, if they move the ball down the field via the rushing attack, (laughs) Joshua, if if they allow them to do that, It sets up some of the under-center play-action stuff that Spag's defenses have actually struggled with a little bit more um, because of some of the aggressive things that they do on the back end. And so that uh, Josh Allen, they've kind of unlocked him, and they do this every year in the playoffs, they try to at least, or in big games, they unlock Josh Allen as a runner. You can't utilize that as your primary thing all the time because you can't get your quarterback beat up. But some of the read option stuff or some of just the, the, the basic QB design draws That's something the Chiefs have struggled with a few times, and I'm curious how they handle that. If they can contain that, and this is, again, this is a very basic thing. This is what you could say about any time you play the Bills. This would be true, but sometimes the main thing is the main thing and nothing else is the main thing. If you force Allen to remain a pocket passer or scramble left, he is not Patrick Mahomes. He does not throw the the ball well across his body, usually. He does it sometimes. He had an incredible one against the Chiefs the first time they matched up. But generally speaking, you force him left, he's got to scramble. You don't let him get downhill. Force him to be you know back and forth, horizontal, especially scrambling left. Don't let him pick up a head of steam. Force him to be a pocket passer. All those things. And it's not because Allen's a bad pocket passer. It's just he's less dangerous then. And that the, the Chiefs secondary is, in theory, a mismatch against the Bills' weapons. And if you force him to stay in the pocket, now you're creating an issue where it's that secondary against their guys as opposed to Josh Allen against a cornerback in space. And that's problematic. So that's the main thing for me that I said very well without any problems whatsoever. And I'm very proud of myself.
8: Yeah, no, I I think you know that. I I think no notes and and nothing you'd redo. Um, I'll mention something that I I said on the, the main weird games today. Uh, this week and something that Spag said this week in his press conference about Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil being on the field together because yeah, as we've talked about Bolton first game back Drew Tranquil not there for the first Bills game and again it's going to be different than that game for a lot of reasons but he talked about having essentially two Mike linebackers on the field when they have Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil out there specifically from a communication perspective a couple of guys who can, can run this show and control things that it's beneficial to Bolton to have a guy next to him who can who can direct half of the field he uh, Spag's saying he can talk to the other half of the line. Like, it's not everything on Nick Bolton's plate there, and our our feelings about Drew Tranquil on this show are very well-known at this point, I hope. So what, what those guys can do, again, if you are talking about communicating against a Bills offense, that is going to try to maybe show you some things that are a little bit different, or just do the things that seem to always work, if you can force Josh Allen into the non-ideal circumstances, I have to phrase it differently, because for Josh Allen, Forcing him to run, not a problem. Forcing right. him right, not a problem. Forcing him to throw deep shots, not really a problem. He he will make some poor decisions at some point, but it's not like he has a lot of fatal flaws in his game. I, I think being able to corral him that way, trusting all of these guys you have defensively at a unit that's been communicating so well this year, I, I think ends up painting a pretty good picture for this defense can end up. I like it. I couldn't agree with you more. And
5: uh, I like that you talked about the communication because you know, to add a, you know, order of a thing onto the main thing, miscommunications and blown coverages have been, you know, Mike Hughes got targeted quite a few times in that 2021, 20, you know, divisional round. And, and then they, one of the touchdowns they gave up earlier this year, was a blown coverage a miscommunication. We haven't seen many of those. Um, and it was a beautifully designed play by the Bills as well. But they being able to communicate well and do the thing, avoiding the big plays, I think you can force Allen into making mistakes eventually if you force him to... It's it's the same thing people have tried to do to Patrick Holmes and largely failed for
8: years. There's Seth's one big thing. I could have added some other descriptors in there. I chose not to because I would like for this to remain a family show. That's
2: truly plenty from us here Two Thirds of Only Weird Games. Thank you to Joshua and Seth from Only Weird Games. That is going to do it for this episode of Five Things. Make sure you check out the eight ten pregame show, getting you ready for this game. And, hey, come hang out with us on our postgame show uh, after the game. We're going to be at Holiday Distillery. If you want to come, if you don't have plans yet, come out to the party. Come hang out with us. We're going to have an absolutely great time. Uh, Mission Taco is going to be out there. I believe there's raffles for prizes and all that stuff. And, hey, on Tuesday, you want more reactions from this game, check out KC Sports tonight uh, all week. And on Tuesday, you're going to hear from someone from KCSN, so make sure you're checking that out. That was five things to watch for this crucial game, win or go home. I'm Ken Swanson. We'll catch you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get
8: in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,